This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. There will be spoilers in this episode specifically from the world Sarah J. Mass has created, as well as topics mentioning sex work, physical violence, and substance abuse. everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. I'm already crying. I can't do this. Hold on. Let's try, let's try this again from the top. It's fine. Let it just like be in tears. It's fine. Okay. Hi, everybody, and welcome to A Court of Phantoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. <laughs> I can't with myself. Keep going. And today we are discussing the last book in Throne of Glass. It is, of course, A Kingdom of Ash. And true to tradition on this podcast, Jessica has literally five minutes ago just finished the book. Jessica, thoughts? Um, as Aelin Ashriver Whitethorn Galathinius said in like the last two chapters, I'm going to have a terrible headache from all this crying. And you're not helping. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't intend for us to record, but like it started off that way and it figured should end that way too. This is amazing. I just, yesterday I was telling you, I said, every time you show me something, I'm like, this is the best thing you've ever shown me. And then you show me something else and you share something else with me. And I'm like, no, this is the best thing that you ever shared with me. I want to point out that Jessica has been crying almost nonstop for about two days now. I'm like, so between today's podcast, it's either going to be me like laughters between my crying or just like if you hear me like hitch a breath, it's either me laughing at myself or I'm just trying to choke back tears. But the tears are there. I don't know. How, does anybody read this without emotion? I, I'd like to know. You know, honestly, I don't think so. I know that I've sent you a couple time-lapse videos of just randos on TikTok of them reading this book, and they're just sobbing. So I think if you don't cry a little bit, then maybe there's something wrong with you. And like, you're crying over different things. That's the thing. It's like I'm definitely somebody who I'm an, I'm an emotional person. I feel a lot of feelings despite me being a Capricorn, like feelings run deep. And, um, and I think of like, I get angry or frustrated. I cry. I'm sad. I cry. I laugh. I like, I, it, it is just, you're overwhelmed with every single thing in this book. And it's not like, it's very, it's very different from Akatar from what we know so far, because we only have three full books. We haven't even, you know, by the time this episode comes out, Silver Flames will be out. But it's just, you have all these characters, you're in with all of these characters. It helps that I guess that it, 
you know, I was, I was listening to somebody like having it in a third person gives you more objectively of like being in with the emotions and like what each characters are going through, which gives it a good perspective. But this story is also complete and we, we don't know where it's going with Akatar, what that overarching cohesive thread is right now. Whereas we knew it with, with Throne, Throne of Glass. Uh, so what are your thoughts on on Queen Queen Aelin? Fairy she, Queen. You know, it's not fair for it's not fair for Bryce because Bryce is my comfort character. I love her from the first book and the only book we have right now with her. But I Aelin, Aelin is is she who you thought I was was gonna be my favorite? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There, there's something about Aelin, I think, that appeals to a certain type of person and her sass and her um, capability to do things and her, uh, like, scheming and her self-sacrifice, I thought, would very much speak to you on a level that maybe other characters didn't. And also the trauma that she goes through and she, you know, is out on the other side of it. And then she's got Rowan who, you know, is always with her as a partner through all of it. I just thought that it would be something that you would connect with. So, so, cause you know, it's like, despite her trauma, she's still like, she still perseveres through it all. You know, it's just, it's really refreshing. Cause you don't see that a lot in characters or if you do, it's like in a one-off book and it's a small arc and it's not like this deep epic journey that isn't just like this little you know fraction of a you know of a 350 page book not that i'm discrediting it but this is just it's so different on a deeper level because so many other people are impacted and that's what you see like not just in kingdom of ash although like it all collectively comes together but like and i sent you my reaction video last night is that she was the smallest thing was making the biggest impact and she had no idea like she was just doing it because that's the type of person that she is (laughs) I, i think a good way to maybe structure this episode is to hit kind of the high points and by that i mean the videos that you sent me where you were sobbing uh so let's start at the beginning the beginning for me is the hardest to read uh that's why i haven't reread this book it is very very difficult uh, not because I'm squeamish, not because I don't, you know, like the book. Obviously, I love it. I love the series. But um, what happens to Aelin when she's in captivity with Maeve is just so horrible. And we we talked about how um, Aelin is such a survivor and then she has all of these scars on her. And that is what people kind of notice first when they see her is all you know the 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 shackles and the and the whipping marks and everything and we know that Maeve uh took all of those away from her and but she she loved those scars because because they served as a reminder like she she in, in some cases it's even like with the the scar that she had for Nehemia back in Crown of Midnight and then she would always be reflective to it for Air of Fire like it reminded her of of everything that she had gone through i just looked up uh statistics and it's uh this says seven books but we we know it's eight so seven books 493 chapters 4883 pages 
I don't know which book that isn't including. Maybe Assassin's Blade, maybe Tower maybe. of Dawn. So it's more than that. Uh, it's it, it's quite something. And we've been through so much with these characters. And I know that when we were talking earlier, I was telling you that one of my favorite scenes is a very small scene. And it's when um, Aelin is rescued and, you know, that... Her rescue is absolutely epic, just fantastic. But she's she's rescued, and she's in the caves that the little people brought her to, and she is swimming in the ice-cold lake. And she is telling Rowan a little bit about what happened to her, and then she dives down to the bottom of the lake and just lets out, like, a burst of power. And that really doesn't have much to do with the plot. I mean, we learn later why she... Um, was feeling that way and why she had to release her magic a little bit. But it, I just think it's really beautiful. And it's one of those moments, and there are several throughout this book in particular, that I can see very clear in my head. Um, and I know earlier we were talking about how the the little moments in this book are the ones that catch you off guard. And they're like, and they're like every little thing, like even... Uh, and part of the little moments, like they're just, they're sprinkled throughout the whole thing. And I think of back earlier in the book where, or not even earlier, like maybe midway through where Darrow and Lys- Lysandra are like going at it and she goes and Lysandra says, make no mistake that these people aren't fighting for you. They're here for Aelin. And then you have Madan later on she comes she's like we're here to honor a promise we're here to do this and she's saying all this to darrow unbeknownst to her about the you know the the confrontation that darrow and lysandra had we're here for aelin you know and i think or or even i picked up in the beginning of no it was like empire of storms where aelin tells evangeline she's like win me back my kingdom and then when they say that line again and oh my god i like you would think i'm not i'm dehydrated and you would think i won't have any tears left um and she says that part again to like thank like you i told you to win me back my kingdom and she she did, did. she, like, she, she did, did it did and that was like the biggest like everybody has such a big role you see how it's like all part of a bigger picture in this in this book. And little Evangeline, not only did she win Aelin back her kingdom, but her her really great speech that she gives to to Darrow about like I wanted to come here to Terrison where you know no one would look at us different and everyone would be together and there wouldn't be any fear and we could be safe. And um, Darrow is so moved by that that he oh no. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> uh, Darrow is so moved by that that he asks Evangeline to be his heir. And uh, Evangeline looks at Lysandra and Lysandra said, you know, it's not my it's not my choice. Like, it's it's your choice, which uh-huh. is which so is also such a lovely. great like it just continues about like the whole thread that Sarah keeps within her books is choice and I know you had said in our Akamath episode where sometimes people shit on like oh okay choice but like it it minimizes the importance of choice and that's and I think if you're minimizing that then you don't understand the privilege that comes with being able to have that option because not everybody does let's talk about 
Let's talk about my favorite character. No, happy my, things. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about happy things. Let's talk about my two favorite characters, and I'm excluding Aelin because she she's like on a different tier. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you know, it's like Aelin and then everybody else. Okay, then I have a second. Then I have a secondary favorite female character after Aelin. So let's talk about Manon and Dorian. Let's talk about happy things. Let's talk about that's very happy things. <laughs> let's let's uh, switch gears and and talk about Manon's whole storyline about becoming, you know, the the witch queen. Like how fucking cool is that? And let's talk about Dorian learning how to shift and all of that. <laughs> He's so fucking hot. Yeah. He's so hot. I don't know what to say. Like, I just, I fan myself. It's so great. I think I told you when I go, he's like hitting on Manon when he's in his Kraken witch form, when he shifted into a Kraken witch. And I go, this guy's going to fuck her as a witch. (laughs) And he's going to love it. He's going to love it. And and we love Dorian. His first thought after becoming a female was like, (laughs) Hmm, I should, uh, I should, I should touch myself. (laughs) Yes. And he was like, I take pride in like, I know what I, like, I, he was all like taking pride and having like swagger that he knows what he can, like his accomplishments as a guy with girls. And he's like, I wonder what it's like firsthand, like to be with me almost. It's like, that's what he kind of did. I also wanted to do. I also really like how he, he's like, God, boobs are like in the way. Like I, I can't. Like move my arm. I keep hitting him and stuff. It's just, yeah. it's just like a little line where he's like, it's really. What, like- about, what about the line where he was like, he patted between his legs and he was like, yep, that's that's not there. We love it. We love Dorian. Oh my god. Uh, we we love that Dorian supports strong women. We love that he's not afraid of strong women. We love that he tells Manon to keep her crown on. Yeah. Yes. That's so high. Yes. When they have sex for the last time, and. And when, you know, a tender moment before they start banging, when um, they're, Manon is talking about, like, you know, how do you do it? Uh, you know, is this, like, weight, this responsibility? I, ha- I have all of this. And um, they're, they're talking. the head that wears the crown, kind of. Yeah. And then they're talking about, like, you know, we could get married, more or less. And, you know, it's a, it's, <sighs> you know, why why should you know, other people be the ones to make the sacrifice and Dorian and like his internal monologue is like, and she thinks that like marriage would be a sacrifice and I wouldn't do that to her. And then Manon says later, like he knew her better than she knew herself. It's like, well, of course he did. It's fucking Dorian. Like he's amazing. I love that part because she was, she was like, Hey, like she was trying to get him to stay by whatever means. And I think that's, pretty reflective on sometimes when we're in situations where we're like I'll do anything just tell me what you need and myself included and that's not who you are as a person and the fact that he knew that and he was like and there's the word sacrifice like he didn't want her to be with him for sacrifice and he goes and he also knew her to the point where he goes and even if she wanted to get married like she doesn't want to get tied down to anybody like let alone a man which uh just the like the oh not even yeah the overarching theme throughout the whole series is the strength of female friendships and you know how important that is to me um 
our listeners, if you guys follow us on, like, you know, or if you're a new listener or if you follow us on Instagram or not on TikTok, because I really don't talk about it on TikTok, but forging female companionships and friendships are so important, especially when people, you know, we're, we're kind of pitted where society kind of wants to pit us against each other and be catty. And we've been in those environments. We've gone through the mean girls and one of my favorite things that your mom has said to me, Laura, was that your, she was like taking, she had all her girlfriends. It was at your wedding. She was on like her fifth round of tequila shots or something. I don't know. And she just kept saying like, you don't know how special it is to know that my daughter has this group of girlfriends that she can rely on the way I have with her girlfriends. And they were sorority sisters and they've all been friends for like 40 plus years now. And to, to see that and to see it written in books and like that's all Aelin wanted when she was growing up and you see that by the end of the book forging these friendships and for and it's not just alliances like they're 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 friendships it's beyond that at this point and then there was like a, a like a three lines and I can't remember what page it's on where she's like she gathers everybody but she makes that sure like the women are like lead and like all like all all the boys are just like you know, letting their girls do their thing and like female camaraderie. I think that's so, so special and so beautiful because like I said, you don't see it written and I feel like you're, you're not going to see it written or discussed until the discussion has happened, especially like even like in a media standpoint, like the demand has to be there and we're only barely getting that now, whether it's in the Wonder Woman scene where she's going across like just her being a bad at in the first Wonder Woman. We're not going to talk about. We're not going to acknowledge the second one. Um, or in Endgame when they're helping Peter. Like I'm just such. I I love that. I love that the the strength that comes from female friendships, and you see that here because at the end of the day, it's the women who got who got the shit done. You know, like yeah, you had the guys, but like they had to rely on themselves and their power. And between a Irene and a lead or a like like Elite's always like discrediting herself, but like she is so smart. She's so I don't I don't want to say that she's like manipulative or connive. No, like she is very smart. She is a smart, and I don't want to say calculating. Because that has a negative connotation either. But she she plays chess and she thinks of the long game and she sees how it unfolds. And she brings such logic to situations. And sometimes I think that can get looked over with a lead because everyone, you know, it's, it's like when people, you have introverts and extroverts. And sometimes if you think of an interview process, introverts might be looked over because they don't have like the, the personality that comes with the extrovert. And not necessarily, but like sometimes that does happen. And who's the, you know, the introverts, just because you're not like loud and out there all the time doesn't discredit you as a person. And I think that needs to be um, recognized because she doesn't recognize that in herself because Aelin's loud. Sandra's very, like everybody is very strong. And then you have a lead and Irene who they're strong within their own right. Just because they're not just like center of attention 24-7 doesn't discredit who they are as people. Irene literally saved the world. Yeah. Which is why she's, she's on the cover. She's at the cover. Yeah. She's the Which cover is... for the nerdy ink yep. jackets. Yep. Uh, I'm glad you made I, that. I was point. waiting for that to happen. Yeah. Like you knew. I was like, okay, something's going to happen. Obviously, she's a healer. We knew the Tower of Dawn backstory. You knew what her intentions were. But... I, I was, like, waiting for it to happen, like, how it was going to happen. 
Oh, and I like when they're fighting, when Lorcan, Fenris, and Rowan, they're like, where's Aelin? This is not... And then you see Lysandra shifted into a wyvern, and she, like, picked Aelin up, and they, like, smacked down a tower, and they're like, oh, there she is. We found her. We're good. Like, this, like those little things. Like, I needed... I needed Fendris's comedic relief in that moment because basically the book is very much written like two different books. Correct me if I'm wrong. You have part one and part two, but it's really hard for me to think, did I just read? Is that all one book? And it is. And let, let, let's bring up why bringing down that tower was so important. She did it the same way that her and Sam took him down in Skull's Bay and Rowan has a little throwaway line where he's like, you know, I hope there is an assassin up there that's watching and like smiling down and looking with pride. And and I love that Sam, like, Rowan knows that story and he's so, he loves Aelin. Their relationship is so strong. They're secure with each other that he's not the way Kale was. I mean, Kale's had some growth, let's not lie. Um, where he was just like bitter about, like he's not like this jealous ex-boyfriend, like, oh my God, you have a past. Like, her past has brought her to this point. And, and it reminds me of all these, like even from era fire, when he would tell her, you know, you, you are an assassin. Like, yes, you, you have, you were, you know, you're half a, whatever, um, you're part fay. And he goes, but when you're, if your magic goes away, like you still have your skill set as an assassin and you can rely on that. And when you rely on magic too much, you might not necessarily have that confidence um, or ability really to protect yourself. And you see that come full circle again when her, when she essentially doesn't have the magic, you know, the, the magic that she was wielding, at, you know, earlier in the book and she's still who she is and she has the skill set, which is, which allows her to be, at the front of the lines at the southern gate through like peppered through all the all these moments still so let's pivot from rowan being very respectful to aelin's past to a completely different foot of adian being a complete fucking asshole and i'm still (sighs) angry with him i don't care um people People can go either way on Adian. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, he's fine. And like, oh, he's an asshole. Mm. I think he's a dick. I think he has anger issues. I think he has control issues and he can't handle stress very well. And, you know, this is not out of character for him. A lot of people say that, like, Sarah butchered his character in this book. But, like, he, he did this in Empire Storms. He was kind of really shitty in... um. I think like Crown of Midnight, like he he's just kind of a dick. And what he does to Lysandra in this book is horrible. It's atrocious. You know, he throws her naked out in the snow. He calls her useless. Without Lysandra, this fucking war would have been done. Yeah. Before before Aelin even, you know, left Dornell. And, like, time and time again. Like, how many times was she a wyvern? How many times? You have books back where she was a sea dragon. She came back as a sea dragon here. She had, when the magic came back and she first shifted into a snow leopard and she, like, decimated the Volg um, and threw up on Adian after. Like, twice. Or no. Lorcan. Lorcan. Um, But it was still there that she, since, since then, and even before then, like, 
before she had her powers, like she was like, well, let's for like let's be friends, like let's pull all the bullshit aside. Like I want a female friend, you need a female. Like let's, let's just do this shit together. We hate the same person. Like we've been pitted against each other our whole life. Um, I, I really, I can't. I really liked Adian initially when I was. I can't say I really liked him. I liked him. Um, however. I liked him with Lysandra. I was like, oh, he's like, oh, it'll be with you in the end. I do like that Lysandra, like, he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And Lysandra's like, that's it? Like, you're sorry? You think that's going to make up for everything? I like that she held him accountable to a point because then I texted you and I said, man, end of the world makes you do some crazy things because now they're together again. And I really, I understand that there is going to be romance in Sarah's books and like ever, you know, there's going to be a happily ever after for a lot of couples but i i kind of wish that it didn't happen here not because i lysandra has like grown so much as a character and has come into herself um and i just i i didn't want adian to have his happy ending maybe i don't know i think you shouldn't be able to treat somebody like shit and just get away with it and i feel like he kind of got away with it well I'm going to make a point here, and you haven't heard it yet, so I'm interested to see your reaction. Okay, so you say Adian's going to get his happy ending. Uh, so it's, In a way. I mean, he doesn't have his dad anymore. But uh, it's Adian and Lysandra, uh, right. Manon and Dorian, right. Kale and Irene, um, Rowan and Aelin, and Elite and Lorcan. Right. Right. Okay. You ready for this? Oh, it's it's painful to say. Manon's going to outlive Dorian. Mm-hmm. Aelin and Rowan are going to have to watch Kaol, Irene, and Dorian die. Elite and Lorcan are going to go at the same time. And Kale and Irene are going at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, uh, Adian will probably settle, right? He's half fae. And then Lysandra will die. So... I mean, is it a happy ending when more than you have to watch more than half of your friend group get old and die? Uh, is it? And then I, I bring that up. Because Wait, where's Fenris? Fenris doesn't have anybody. He's oh, not a couple with anybody. Yeah. And then uh, I bring this up because you started to spiral a little bit when you saw Ink Phase, Manon, yes. and, and Dorian. Um, art which is beautiful it shows Manon uh, with her back against the wall head in hands looking at Dorian's like casket which isn't canon obviously because we don't know what's going to happen but I mean it kind of is because no matter what happens that is the end for them for them there's no way around it you know Dorian doesn't have unlimited magic anymore he has a, he has a, what did Aelin call it? Like an anti-chamber. He has like a bottom. Right. Um, Aelin, you know, hardly has any magic, but Aelin is immortal. Rowan is immortal. You know, the Fae are all immortal. And, and Fae can still channel, because they're Karanom, um, Rowan's energy, or Rowan's magic. Right. Which is what she's done already. Right. So like, we have a happy ending now for all of these characters, but eventually it's going to get fucking tragic and it's just it's just something that you don't think about right away because you're like oh my god it's over everybody more or less is okay 
um, you know, the, the King's Bane is blooming. Everything is perfect. But 30 years? How old are they? They're in their, like, early 20s? Like, Yeah, they're in their 20s. So, and, you know, the Fae are in their hundreds. So, Typical. say, 70 more years tops. But then you have to watch them get old while you stay young forever. I mean, that's, like, the whole, like, vampire trope. But, like, damn, how much would that suck? <sighs> I mean, it would. I'm not. I'm not denying it. it. It would. It would suck. And I mean, at least Rowan and Aelin have each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're. You know, they're going to have their family and everything. But yeah, that would. I mean, I wouldn't want. I mean, I'm dramatic. I'd be like, I don't want to live anymore. And oh, also Rolf and Ansel, and um, you know, all, all of them. All yeah. Oh, well, now I'm kind of sad for Rowan and Aelin because they're going to have, like, this revolving court after a while. Yeah, after a while. And, you know, their kids, their kids are going to be, well, Rowan's full fae. Aelin's, she doesn't have her human body anymore, so I guess she's full fae. So their kids are going to be full fae, which means their kids are going to have to watch these people die, too. That sucks. Yeah. That sucks. That's very, it's very sad. So, um, Ink Fae's beautiful art um, is not canon, but is the eventual um, end for Manon, bleh, Manon and Dorian, which is very sad. God. I will say, um, I, I know we're all over the place, but at one point when Maeve had Aelin under her mind illusion from during the war so not like earlier on but like later in part two and i was already spiraling thinking oh my god was it a dream this whole time like she and it reminded me of that harry potter fan theory where he wakes up after seven years and he's he wakes up from like the hospital because the dursleys like beat him or something and everything that he imagined was like you know how in sucker punch also where like the ter- have you ever seen Sucker Punch? No, I haven't. Oh, you that's something you would actually like. I know. That's totally up your alley. Well, anyway, she basically uses escapism to deal with the abuse. And say, so, you know, in Sucker Punch, she deals with escapism to deal with the abuse of what's happening in her real life. And that's how it's also explained with Harry Potter where he wakes up from like the hospital or some he was using Hogwarts as a as escapism and then I was thinking, "Oh my gosh, was it a dream this whole time that she was waking up and now we're back? We're back at the beginning. And maybe now she knows this is how it's going to unfold. And now she knows which choices to make or not make. And then it, that's not what happened. But that was definitely where my mind was going at one point. I'm like, oh, my gosh, did Sarah find out these other theories and kind of make it into her own? You sent me you sent me a picture and your face was just like pure shock. You're like, oh my God, are are that, they still yeah. Yeah, I was like, is this yeah, I go, wait, was this all a dream? Cause I would have lost my I would also have been like annoyed at myself. Like I've been crying over a stupid dream. Uh, uh let's talk about the gods. I I know uh! yeah, I know you have strong feelings about the gods and I know that well, tell the story of the fan art first. That you have that you didn't look at. Oh, yes. Okay. So Laura 
told me uh, a touch of magic design. They do like a monthly, they do monthly art drops. Sometimes they work with different artists um, who get commissioned and they, they do stuff for this, this um, company. And sometimes they'll have fan art exclusives that you cannot purchase. You only get it if you purchase like four or more items. So Laura, cause I'm just, I, I'm really good at following instructions. Laura says, buy X amount of things. You're going to want this bonus fan art. You cannot buy it. Otherwise you won't be able to get it, but you're going to want it. And this is before I even started Throne of Glass. And I was like, okay, because that's what I, I just throw my money at something now. And now it's the fan art of Aelin falling through the worlds and you find out. And then we later find out that Sarah confirmed this year, um, that it is canon that she fell through Valaris, she fell through Crescent City, and she saw she saw Reese and Reese and you know she was even like that man does not deserve to be that beautiful, like the most beautiful man beautiful, I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, had like a a winged fae and and like his a, a heavily pregnant heavily pregnant wife. wife. Yeah, I was like, oh, fae. and so. Now, I mean, there was always now that made sense because everyone's like, "Oh, pregnancy! She's pregnant! She's pregnant!" And I'm like, "No!" She, and I had only, you know, I've read Akafas, I read the all the extra chapters, and I'm like, "In no way do these books say that she's pregnant." Now I know why that's all coming to be because even and it makes sense because she's going through different worlds, which means alternate universes and all that stuff. Um, so the timelines are different too, and the art piece that we're referring to is from alice marie power um that's her instagram you know name or whatever you can look it up alice maria power and it's called the fall and it is lovely but um you can only see it on her instagram or maybe a touch of magic designs instagram because it's exclusive you can't buy it yeah and then um there's a lot of like fan accounts too that like will post it or they'll like do really good bookstagram photos of that piece of art um laid out accordingly um i'm so i like you just want to stare at it you get it it's so pretty you see the cohesiveness of of the world and it's and i'm curious to see how if if obviously we know from crescent city we have the book of breathings we have kingdom of ash which kind of puts everything together and that's interesting because this book came out in 2018 i think i believe so yeah and so crescent city didn't come out till last year 2020 so to see that and know that that setup i guess it's cool i like it and we know that amarin came to uh prithian through a uh a portal like a gate in the world she fell through one so uh, if you you know start if you go down the rabbit hole and you start connecting dots, it, it's all it's, it's all, all yeah yeah. So it, really wonderful that that whole scene um, was very emotional. I mean, the whole book yeah. is very emotional. I mean, I obviously you know just cried through most of it. I cry through a lot of it. Uh, the this the part. I mean, they're in Endovier. And the thing that really, I'm going to say grinds my gears, the thing that really pisses me off here is, is the vote that they all do. Um, the, you know, they're, everybody is standing together. So it's like uh, 
Sarshak and Nezrin and Forte and Hassar and Rowan. Dorian, Kale. Right. Rowan, Irene. Fenris, Elide, Lorcan, everybody. Except like Manon and Lysandra and Adian, really. And Evangeline. Everybody else is is there in Endovier and they're like, look, do we put the keys back in the gate now or do we do it later? And they know, they know that the cost of the keys is is Aelin dying. Like, they know this. And Dorian's there. He's like, no, I'll do it. And, and Aelin won't let him because she has a self-sacrificing streak. And and she's like, no, we're going to put it to a vote. And then they vote. And they're it's so shitty. They're like, yeah, go die now and and put the put the keys back in the gate which is why i love fen i mean i love fenris throughout the whole book um but he's the first one to say excuse you you think my queen your king's life is mo- worth more than my queen he's the only one him and rowan are the only one who stand up where rowan's like i'm not vote- voting and if, if you want me to vote i'm voting no like we're not doing this at all and i also don't like that you, you find out in her argument, you know, when she's talking to Rowan after and he was like, you didn't even vote. And she's like, what difference would my vote make at this point? Like it was it wasn't even my vote would have been. No, I don't want to do this. But here we are. And I'm the minority in the vote. So why even speak up? And he's like, because it's your life. Like it's also a really a really beautiful moment that they have when they're when Rowan and Aelin are talking and they're saying and Aelin is saying, you know, Dorian is such a good friend, but when I saw him, all I felt was dread. It's like, damn. And I like, and the the honesty that comes with her having to say that because she's like, does that make me a shitty person that he's my friend? He's one of her best friends, as we know. Like, and she said that in the past. And I I was hoping he would have kind of done the self sacrificing instead of making like instead of putting it on her. Again, although to be fair, Dorian did say that he would do it. You know, Dor- oh yeah. yeah, Dorian said, and and I know you you were afraid for Dorian's life this whole book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorian said over and over and over again, and and you said like Sarah's really like driving the point home that Dorian was willing to make the sacrifice. Yeah, I I did like front like there were, it was just all laid. It really was laid out there, and. If I mean, I wouldn't have been shocked at that point because I go, oh, there it is again. Oh, there it is again. Um, I wouldn't have been shocked. It would have been upset, you know. And they're both so well matched as friends and as leaders. Like you see them grow. You know, you think of where we were in Throne of Glass at the beginning, where they were still like, you know, you have the assassin, you have the prince. He was just kind of like fucking around going to orgies doing you know whatever and she was just killing people and they've grown into these these leaders and to reign and you even hear whenever rowan says he was like i whenever he like makes a comment of not hearing her use a certain tone of voice like the inflection of how she delivers the message he's like that's not aelin speaking that's a queen you know and i feel the same thing goes with with Dorian and how he'll present options and Manon too. Like she, like they, they're stepping into these roles that their experiences and their journeys have taken them up into this point of having this sense of command. And it wasn't 
ever the intention of I will be queen of all the witches or, you know, they still kind of want to be themselves, but you know, what has impacted them up to this point? Um, it's, I don't know. It's just commanded them to, to fulfill the roles that, that they've wanted, that they wanted. Let's talk about how Aelin murdered the gods. Good. Yeah. Such, such a power move. I have to say, I was not expecting it. I was not expecting that one god to just be like, fuck you, Elena, and just, like, end her. Didn't expect that. I didn't expect for Aelin to send all of the gods to the hell realm that she had to go get Fleetfoot and Kale from in, in the earlier books. Uh, I... I'm not going to say I was shocked, but I was I had to like stop and be like, what the fuck is going on? And it, it was just really something. And then, you know, and then during the battle between Erewhon and Maeve, where, um, you know, the three of them are talking and Aelin is like, I am a god. We love that. I love that. I, and then for a moment, I go, did I miss something? But she was just like, no, that this is who I am now. I, I loved that. I really, um, the whole God situation was wild. And I shouldn't, I, I've been really against them since Empire of Storms. Obviously, that's when we know shit, you know, goes down. Um, but then I had a lot of choice words at 3 a.m. when I sent you a message. I'm like curse words that I don't say on a regular basis um and I was so livid I'm so mad and I was hoping I go maybe maybe there will be some reprieve to be like because there was the comment of you've sacrificed enough so I thought they were just gonna be like okay we have some of your magic you can go now and it wasn't that at all and just them being so selfish the entire time and the fact that she was still willing to be like, can you just let Elena have her soul and we'll deal with Erwin over here? Uh, no, no, I would have been take it all. I don't want this shit. Let me live my life. I, I miss, you know, I, I have a lot of, I have to process that still. Oh, it's, it's a lot. The, yeah, all of it is a lot. And there's so many good quotes in this book. I was thinking back, um, you know, one that really stands out is the when Aelin is pounding on the coffin in the very beginning. And, you know, in her head, she's like, you do not yield, you do not yield. And it became like a chant and that whole situation. Um, and I love that it was her, like her mom mm -hmm. brought her that. I loved that. Mm -hmm. Because her mom was also the same, you know, back in Era of Fire, Era of Fire when she goes, why do you cry, Fireheart? And that made, like that was the part that was, you know, every time Sarah brings something back from another book, I always get emotional because I love the connection. Just like when she brought like the rattle, the stars back in here, I was like, I was waiting for it. I was like, why haven't I heard it? I She's not going to finish this book without saying this line at the end. And she did. And I was just like waiting for it. it it's, it's very good. Maeve in this book I was listening to one of our earlier episodes, and your prediction came true. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, one of your predictions was like, uh, maybe there'll be an uprising in Dornell. And, of course, that happened. Uh, we love that. Maeve lost our kingdom. She goes to see Erewhon. And, of course, we know that the family connection there. And it's, 
weird. And, you know, Dorian is there and, you know, Dorian I is- do- Let's Can we talk about that and how brilliant Dorian was in that moment? Because part of it, I go, oh. Like he, first he's like learning to shift and he's getting the bigger picture. Like I love that. Then he ta- he coerces Maeve into thinking she's gonna rule with him. And then I go and then she says the line of "Oh, seducing a uh, seducing a king, oldest trick in the book." And that's when I go, "Shit, she's trying. She's this is gonna fuck him up." I was so worried. Um, and then. That didn't happen. She thought she was playing him, but he was playing her the whole time. I just, this man, man, chef's kiss. <laughs> well, he brought down Morath. I mean, God. How and I know, and, he, and yeah, exactly. How hot. Somebody, you know, there's a couple things that I want out of life from a, that I've learned from this book. Somebody, I want, I want Amanda simp for me so hard. Like, so for doing nothing like doing nothing <laughs> oh, um and then taking down the tower he's 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 smart and nobody gives him i feel like nobody gives him credit for and it reminds me of that moment reminded me of Cardin in the wicked king where at the end, like he had like finagled everything, and he goes, "I, I'm, I'm smart. Look at me being a king. Be, I, that's that reminded me of very much of a Cardin thing. I like how later, uh, I think, I think when Aelin and Rowan are talking in in Dovier before or after the vote, she was like, you know, Dorian can't do it. Dorian's not ready, and I, I'm pretty sure it's Rowan's Ro- Ro- like. He just brought down Morath. Like, he just, like, ripped away Maeve's, um, you know, world-walking ability. I think he's ready. Like, he's a grown-ass man now. It's just like, ooh. And, and then we, ooh. I think we, I think this goes to, like, the Tower of Dawn sometimes, where, sometimes, like, there's so many pieces in play that they don't, it's not like they're texting each other. They don't necessarily know the whole story. And, you know, that's even when, um... Even when they were all in Terrison and Aelin hadn't even heard that Gabriel had died yet. Like, there's so much happening that they still have to catch up. Or how about when Dorian is in Morath? He doesn't know He doesn't know that Maeve is a Volg queen. He just knows that she's queen of the Fae. And he, he, she's trying to make an alliance with Erewhon. Yeah, and then he has to learn that... Erewhon is like her husband's like brother and he has to learn all of that secondhand, which is just nuts. Dad, uh, you know, daddy Phantom hands, Dorian and his, his own deep seated daddy issues. Um, I was very surprised when the King of Arderlin walked out during the yeah. uh, lock forging scene. Very, very surprised. Uh, also very touched at the end when Dorian, is insisting from Erewhon to like like tell me my dad's name because and I know that the fandom feels this way too it's like how the hell did we go this many books without knowing the king's name he was just like like the king of like how did we not think about what his name was we know everybody else's fucking name yeah but I think 
oh, maybe this is just like learning through Fae. I feel like a lot of the times, like the kings, we never fully, like at least the kings that are negative, like evil, we never find out really their full names. It's just like the king of the autumn court, the king of the autumn land, the king of otter land. Like, I just, I, I didn't think much into it. But it's really nice when you find out that it was – his dad just said his own name when holding Dorian as a baby. And I think it's – it's it reminds me of when you go back to when he was in Morath and he was um, – he shifted into Parrington. And he's like, oh, something, something, King of Otterland. And he goes, yeah, but he never truly mm-hmm. – he was never loyal the way you were loyal. And he it's like, what do you mean? Like, he was never fully took over, you know? And I thought that was a nice little throwback to that. Like, you you piece that together there. Because then you also piece it back to um, Queen of Shadows, where he's, like, telling Dorian, now that he's not taken over by a Volg anymore, like, hey, I was taken over. Like, the dad didn't even remember his own name. Oof. Heavy, heavy stuff. Very, very, very heavy, headful, lots of thoughts. Can I, you know, maybe Kale's dad pisses me off. No, he sucks. All the time. He, yeah, he sucks. Even awful. even when Aelin and Rowan save Annielle, still, that, that sucks. I mean, I know we're all over the place. There's no chronological order. Yeah, just, it's fine. Things are just coming up. It's fine. You're still processing. This is this is good. This is good. Uh, since you brought up Annielle, let's talk about Aelin striding in to the tent and surprising the shit out of everybody. But uh, we know, the reader knows, that she's faking it because she is still so fucked up over what happened with Maeve. And I know from reading your notes that, like, you were super stoked about it, uh, that whole Annie L situation, because we get get Aelin being, like, really badass and – being really casual with everybody there, like these are my court, you know, that we're still in the the like new period with Lorcan. And then later on we get the epic epic scene with Elite and Lorcan. So go. Um well the, the whole thing, I mean, I love that we know with Aelin that she is faking it for multiple reasons. I love that Rowan knows that she's faking it. I love that we as the reader at this point in the book, we should know that she's putting on a front because that's what she does um i I think that's great i love the lorcan in a lead scene not because i like lorcan you know i'm kind of like with aelin about that i go look i can't trust you so blood with me save my kingdom we'll go from there like i don't need i don't need you but i need you to not spill my details and secrets um lord but lorcan lockin I love that. And I like in the in the final chapter where she goes for to um to Aelin's eternal amusement. And that's another thing that and I think we talked about it previously, maybe it was for the Empire of Storms episode. Um where how Rowan took Aelin's last name and now they just like share their last names together. I like that Lorcan takes Elid's last name and it's and he's not even like Lord Lorcan Salvatore lock in like no he just drops it completely and i think i think that's so funny um but uh so these two i you know i feel like at this point every there has to be this epic thing that 
even if the characters are hating each other. It's the epic thing, usually death, that brings everybody together. <laughs> I mean, the same thing happened with Cassian and Nesta and Akawar. You know, I just... You, I could visualize that scene, and I don't know if it's because I felt like maybe I had seen something like that before. I just felt like I was in the watchtower with them, peering down at a lead, running across the, this plane to find Lorcan. And then at the same time, when you were in her, you know, you were, you could see, you. Were, I was looking around. I was looking at the bodies. I was, it was very beautifully painted. Um, maybe I just need to watch lord of the rings or something again today i don't know (laughs) well and we were talking about the gods earlier so this is a very like godly pairing you know a a lead who is um her god that watches over her is the consort to the god that watches over lorcan and then they're on um like helis's horse uh farasha that you know kale's horse that he brought over from the southern continent you know da 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 and she she's on the horse and she's saying like fly farasha fly it's just it's very good it's it's all good it's that it's a <sighs> i can see a lead in my head uh kind of just walking up to everybody in the watchtower and being like where is lorkin because everybody yeah. forgot about lorkin and she's just like where is he yeah like everybody's here and like you can see She's looking around the room, realizing, oh, we didn't even, he wasn't even in the forefront of our mind, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I feel like everybody else kind of felt kind of shitty about that. They're like, oh, yeah. where is Lorkin? But then. And then it was like, last I saw him, he was on the field, like so casually. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. The fuck, where is he now? Uh, but then we get. Aelin's fantastic power releasing scene which is just so cinematic I imagine it in my head and just being gorgeous like the wave is coming and oh my god and she turns it all to steam and then Rowan almost burns out trying to like waft everything away it's just but he burns out because he plummeted too fast because he had to like dive into his power that way and she had been diving for three months so that, and of course, we know, you know, everything is a is a circle. Uh, we know that's why she was so quiet uh, when she was being rescued. She was dealing with everything that Maeve did to her, but she also had to exercise a lot of control over herself because of the the pressure that the that the magic ha- was doing to her. And they even say, depending on the day, like how she was presenting herself, like if she was a little bit more reclusive, or there were some days where she was like spurting out like little power through her her sass or you know depending on how like where she was in that day um and and you know may and i didn't and i really wasn't expecting that scene i don't know if anybody else was because i told you um you know when she was she was in iron so i thought that it completely nullified the magic i didn't realize it just meant she was going to internalize it for three months is is horrific when you really think about it and and knowing that knowing that she was doing that uh kind of i mean she doesn't really need a reason to lose hope and completely break under the torture that was done to her like i think anybody would but mm-hmm. uh when Maeve says like i'm gonna put a collar on you Knowing that she was tunneling down into her power for so long and knowing oh. that, like, she was going to get a collar put on her and 
with that power. Right. So <gasps> oh, of, I didn't make that connection. So of course, and that is what spurred her to make this, this like last stand. Like she was, she was going to die. Like she was trying to, she, ki- yeah. yeah, she was trying to kill herself. Um, we haven't even talked about Fenris and his fantastic, oh, his fantastic scene. Um, of course, uh, Maeve makes Connor, his brother, kill him, kill himself in front of uh, Aelin and Fenris. And-, and then didn't Fenris have to clean it up? Uh, yeah, Fenris had to clean it up and then Fenris Ugh. had to come into Aelin and open all of Aelin's wounds and pull out the, like, dragon glass, the volcanic glass right. that was that was in her from when um, she was forced to, like, kneel and shit in front of Maeve when she threw the glass at Maeve, cut her cheek, and saw black blood. And then she, but she didn't. She thought she, she, thought she was seeing things. Yeah, she she didn't know. She didn't know for sure. Um uh, just just wild. So then, of course, um, Aelin starts egging on Karen, uh, and, and it kind of seems like Karen's going to rape her. That's that's the way that I kind of read it when she was— um, Aelin, right? Yeah. When Aelin, oh, yeah. When, he, when she was antagonizing Karen when Maeve was gone, um, and, and that is what—I'm um, I'm not going to say, like, forced Fenris's hand, but, like, was the last fucking straw for Fenris. Like, his brother was dead— Maeve was gone, and Karen was going to do this horrible thing, and he was going to have to witness it. And he was just like, no, no more. Like, she's trying to die. And then um, Fenris, who knows that if he breaks the, the blood oath, that he will also die. And, and he does break the blood oath. And we love that for him. Fantastic. I love their friendship. Like, I mean, clearly, Fenris and Aelin going through this traumatic experience is what control not controlled but like brought them closer together um and undyingly loyal to her i mean everything from the communication with the blinking you know just to know that like they couldn't that that was the only way that they could communicate despite being under these terrible circumstances um i think it's beautiful i love that they carry that into once they're away from mave and away from dornell um if they don't know how to kind of talk around everybody it's just kind of like a check-in um i i really just i like the whole thing even when they're when she's offering the blood oath to fenris like she you know she even says like after she's like i know you accepted because like she's thinking i know you accepted because you were dying but if you don't i complete if you don't want to be blood oath to me i completely understand i completely respect that and we can figure something out i think it's just so important she doesn't even know about the conversation like the cadres had amongst each other saying like were we just too desperate? We didn't hold out for the right queen. Like they would have blood oathed with her prior to these situations. And she doesn't know that. And I think that's really sweet too. So one of the, I'm not going to say issues, but one of the topics that gets brought up a lot is uh, that, that Sarah kind of butchered Rowan's character uh, throughout the course of this series. And that he really lost his personality after air of fire. Somebody else I saw, I think it was on TikTok. I heard that comment and I was, and again, I wasn't where I am in the book now, but they were saying, you know, it was that the debate of, oh, Rowan versus Reese. And somebody said, well, Reese, because he doesn't change, he doesn't lose his personality when he gets mated, you know, or he loses that connection. 
Um, so I want to hear your your hot take on my hot take. Uh, I disagree with with that. I think that Rowan was a broken person and that mm-hmm. he reached his like full potential and he's happy now and he's still an incredibly violent person he's still broody he's still you know angry and he skinned Karen alive and he tortured people during his search you know to get Aelin back like what else do you want he's He's exactly the same, except he's fighting for something. He's like fighting for love, and I, I whereas I, before he was just fighting because that was what was being instructed. Of. Right. So I don't think he lost his personality. I think he found his like soulmate, and his personality is now just like settled and and different. And like I said, he's still incredibly violent. He he does all these things. He's still a warrior. He still fights. He still I don't I don't think he's any different. He's just not like beating her up. I, I don't know what people expect. That's my hot take. I I agree with that. I don't have I and you know what I think it's I think of like these quotes that people will post online or whatever and people are going to change. You're going to go through different things and you know, and if you experience something terrible the way Rowan has on multiple occasions especially finding out that his what he had thought his mate um and his unborn child were murdered um that that's going to do a number on somebody and yeah you're going to be dark you're going to be brooding you're going to be angry but just like we all go through our own traumas when you have happiness in your life you are going to be a little bit lighter I would hope you know I mean as somebody who goes through roller coasters of emotions um, every so often, I, you know, you're going to have your highs and you're going to have your lows. That doesn't change who you are as a person. I think just when we met Rowan, he was at his low and you're going, you're, you know, that happens, you know, and she, and that's one thing that I love about their relationship. And they say it in this book is Maeve was creating this illusion of like the perfect life as if none of this happened and Rowan and her were still mates. And she goes, but that's not who I fell in love with. You know, I fell in love, you know, you, you, and that, that is what unconditional love is and soulmates. And, you know, you're going, you know, you're not going to be perfect all the time, but you're going to see each other go through your highs and your lows and you're going to love them despite all of that. Well said. Well said. Uh, let's talk about lows. Let's talk about the death of the 13. Oh, that was on my, my notes. I wanted, I didn't want us to forget about that. Uh, I could, but we would never, you would never allow that. No, of course. The the witches are. We're the are... thirteen from for now until the darkness claims us. But then they're not even dark; like they're they light. die with light. And, and it, all of that. I'm gonna get emotional. This is like probably every time they came up in part two. I was just like, stop. <laughs> well, your videos are you're you're just like sobbing. So Jessica sent me videos, and she's sobbing when when Manon lands, and the Krokens are all coming, and it's like you know like a five thousand Kraken host. Or how about like when they were gathering to get, like let's not forget <laughs> that again. Well, I don't even want to like maybe it's a sisterhood trope. I don't even know if that's a trope, but if it is, like let it be a like a theme at least where they're. Call, they're going to the different villages and like the the wives are straight up like leaving their families be like we got you sis i was 
I loved that. It was just like this this sisterhood and camaraderie that like even their husbands were like, wait, you're a witch? And then they're just like zooming off on their broomsticks. <laughs> it was it was wonderful. It just And then it, like even so Evangeline, she was already being the messenger for Darrow. And then Manon shows up being the bad bitch she is with like the Krakens and like her 13. And she goes, I- I'm going to be messenger for them now. Thanks. Bye. And they even, they even gave her a little, like a red hood to be with them. <laughs> and she was, and they even said like, she fell asleep and had it wrapped around her. That was, that was so sweet. The, the witches. I mean, obviously I've said throughout this whole throne of glass, like series, I love the witches. They're so important. And, you know, you, you really have to understand the politics of what's going on with the witches and understand Manon's story. And, it's it's just so good. And then of course when uh Petra shows up and and you know she's yes. fighting Iskra and she's like for Keely. If you weren't paying attention, you'd be like what the f- who is Keely? Keely. And, like, and and all of this stuff and oh my god. Uh, every time Iskra comes up, I'm like, ah, oh, this bitch, why have you not died yet? I just, I'm so over her. And you know what? I think it's also really special that Petra, came, even though she had been with the, the Iron Teeth this whole time, it was this war where she was like, wait for for a better world she really and you you knew that about petra throughout the whole like since being upset when keely died since speaking out for manon to not be killed um petra was always trying to she didn't she it's like she wanted a better world but she didn't know how to go about it so I don't want to say, like, she's a follower. She's like, oh, I'm going to switch sides now. Like, no, she just – she didn't know how to go about it. And it took this and realizing the – you know, and that and that's a testament to Manon as a leader um, to to rally – to rally her people to be like, no, like, this isn't we, – we are better than this. We know we are better than this. And so the, so the 13 oh, – of course, let's – Let's start with saying that the witch towers are terrifying, right? I even said, I go, we need to, like, just, can that be the first thing? You just have to, let's get rid of the witch towers first. Because otherwise, these bitches are going to keep falling. Yeah, it, they're they're horrifying. And just decimating everything in the sky where they didn't even go to the plane. They just shot it up. <sighs> and, you know, they're powered by witches yielding you know, dying. And then that is like being reflected out. And it's just, it's just horrifying. It just so, so much sacrifice and like death and terrible. But then the 13, damn. Oh, it's going to set me off. The 13. um, Good. It's the time for a change. (laughs) The the 13, you know, Astrin like sucker punches Manon and like keeps her on the ground. She's like, you know, be the bridge, live, live Manon. And then they they go up to the witch tower, and of course, uh, Manon's grandmother is there, and Astrin. I can see it in my head. Astrin, like, you know, lands there, and she she starts peeling off all of her armor, and then she just fucking, oh, she yields and brings it all down. So like, Astrin gets the killing blow on the grandmother that took so much from her, and which was deserved. Like, absolutely. I'm so glad that Astrin is the one. And and Manon even said books ago, she's like, that's that's going to be your call. You know, you've earned that. You deserve that. And, of course, the Sarah's fandom, you know, us, we're really bad about every time there's, like, a friendly reminder. Friendly reminders are never friendly reminders. They're always sad. 
but one of the friendly reminders that comes up a lot. <laughs> I, now I was I'm processing now. I go, friendly reminder, and now I remember. Yes. Yeah. Friendly reminders are always sad. One of them is um, that Manon cannot take Astrin's body back to the cabin to bury it next to her hunter because there's nothing left. Um, and that's a callback to when Astrin was going to die and Manon had to behead her. And she said, you know, just take me back. And, you know, Manon was like, yeah, I will. And she can't now because cause there's nothing. There's, But the curse is broken now. Um, the, the flowers have bloomed in a field of blood. The curse is broken. They can go back to the wastes. But Manon is alone. You know, the 13, the 12 were her best friends. You know, half of them were her family. You know, they were all kind of related, weirdly. Ugh. It's very sad. So Manon is, is alone. She's She's got nobody. And she's in severe, severe depression after this happens. Well, they, she even says, like, it's not a throwaway line. She, somebody, I think Ansel checked in on her. And she was like, I am missing, like, 12 souls from me. Like, that's, it's like, it's not just like when you lose one person that you're close to. It's like, everybody. 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 Like, and who, who followed her. And I don't want to say, like, blindly, because they did not blindly follow her. They gave her pushback. They had meetings behind her back, like, uh, I don't agree. Which is, you, you find out that they had another meeting. They were like, if it gets to this point. We have to make sure that she's the one who stays and we all go. She has to. She has to. She's the queen. She's the one that has to. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking witches. If you told me this is going to be me early on about about Manon and the 13. It's it's really special. You talk about sisterhood. Like that is, you know, the the sisterhood, the the witches. Ooh, the witches. The witches are so good. You're so good about containing it. And so, and then, of course, at the end, um, Dorian wants to start a, like, ruck, you know, training program with the the eggs and stuff, with the wyverns and everything. And he wants some of the ruck riders to stay, and he wants some of the witches to stay, and, like, help raise this new, like, aerial army. And he's like, hey, Manon, like, you know. And he, like, had it, like, he, he, he just thought about it. It wasn't. It was only because the opportunity presented himself, presented itself, and I like the kind of casualness. He was like, "I don't see why not." Like, cause go, oh, they're they're begging me to ask you, could they stay and train? And he's like, "Yeah, no big deal. Why?" Yeah, it's like fine, it's fine. And he's like, "Manon, hey," and she's like, yeah. <laughs> she, and she's like, "Yeah, you know, it's only a couple a couple days by Wyvern. Uh, I'm sure, like Petra, and um, I don't remember the other one." can can like look after things you know while i tend to every you know tend to everything and, and then I like, when i when i go to do things yeah and then like, irene is like things. just get married i love that and they're both like oh ah. She's like, you don't have to pretend. They like, just get married. It would be good for both of you, and it's what you want. And Manon is like, you know, like we'll consider it. And I we'll want, see. yeah. She was like, we'll see, we'll see. I want, a, I want a novella, obviously, of them. And you know, obviously, everybody wants more of this series, but we're not getting it. 
Um, unless Sarah does something fantastic, but. Well, I mean, it, it's, it is set up where you can have a couple of novellas because even when the cadre is like, oh, well, Vaughn's still out there. And she's yeah. like, well, she could come. Like, uh, I forgot that he was a person. <laughs> like he was, he was a name because he never made an appearance. Right. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's an osprey. He's flying somewhere. And they say like, he'll never be caught. Like you'll never get him. So why even like, see, but then that's the question. Like, why would you name a character and not have them ever appear? Like, what was the point of that then? Good question. Is a good question. I would love a Minorian novella. Absolutely. Uh, a character that we saw a long time ago, but that we haven't seen again up until Kingdom of Ash is, of course, Mr. Knox Owen, who shows up as the messenger for uh, Darrow, and and he switched sides to Adian, and that's why Darrow needed a messenger and he wanted Evangeline. And of course, Knox Owen is the assassin that was with uh selena in throne of glass her like friend and like training buddy and he's the one that notices right away that lysandra is not aelin uh because he's he goes up to her and he's like you don't remember like who are you because right she she would know me uh right. and you know knock someone where the hell have you been for like seven books but i mean here he is he shows up and uh i i love that i I, I like that. I like when characters make appearances. Well, that's like um, you see it at the end because you don't hear about him at all. Um, Ilias Elias from the the son of the muted king. Mm -hmm. And they she makes a comment. She's like, have you not said anything this entire war? And Ansel's like, nope, he did not. He did. But not. they definitely hooked up even oh, after yeah. she tried killing him. Yeah. Are we going to forget, like, they totally, like, you know, good on a, you try to kill me. I'm not going to necessarily, I don't know, maybe with these books, maybe I would still probably try to. <laughs> I think it deserves mentioning that Rolf is pretty badass in these books, too. Um, he and the Mycenaeans. I love an Armada appearance. Yeah. Like, we love an Armada appearance. It's dramatic as hell. You know, he's in it with Adian and Lysandra the whole time. You know, they're all there. You know, they got the fire lances. Of course, I personally, my own feeling is that Rolf is kind of sexy, but I like pirates. So there's that. I, I, don't I just think dig them. I've seen, I'm going to like look up fan art because I don't think I've ever seen fan art. But you're not the first person who said um, that you're about Rolf. Not like super about Rolf, but. Or like thinking he's attractive at yeah, least. Yeah, no, he's sexy. He's, like, way sexier than, like, Arabin. Jesus. Ugh. Oh, okay. Well, now, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's definitely better than Arabin. I think in my head, <laughs> I imagine Rolf as the pirate from SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> oh, that's one so way. I <laughs> so I didn't think. Like, I don't know why that's the pirate I had to think of and not, like, Johnny Depp. But here we are. <laughs> Sarah doesn't draw ugly men. You know, I like... shouldn't have known, but I've also been really good about not looking up fan art at all. Well, you, you can do, you have complete freedom now. <gasps> you have no idea how many, I'm going to go on all the Tumblrs, all the Instagrams, all the TikToks that I saved and bookmarked to go back to. I, I'm going to go through like all of Rosebud Mode's TikToks, all of Literary Libra's, 
I'm so excited to like now I don't I, I don't have to worry about Sarah spoilers anymore. Yeah, for for anything. Like you're good. You're good to go. But I'm also kind of, you know, not to get like cringy about it, but I'm also kind of sad because like this was this was your thing that you shared with me and now we don't have anything like this to share. Like we'll have discussions and stuff, but this was like such a big chunk. I mean, you even wrote a blog about it for so long. It's it's very it's very important to me. Well, obviously, and I imagine it's going to be decently important to you just based on your reactions to everything and especially so I finished my reread of this book uh last weekend I think and I have sat with it this whole week I haven't read or listened to anything else just so I could kind of like stay in the right headspace what a headspace to be in for a week but it's it's really it's really intense and reflecting on it I'm excited to see where you where you will be like in a couple days when everything kind of sinks in um cuz it's really fucking epic and it's an epic series and I know it gets compared a lot to Akatar and like you know whatever but there isn't a lot of other stuff out there like this and I remember I was touching on it yesterday cuz I know we were we were we tr- we try and we have we've been really good about not discussing this, but you were trying to understand where I am with my headspace. And as somebody who was like all about contemporary fiction, contemporary romance, what have you, this is so different, and I love it. But it's also so heavy. But it's not like I can go out to the bookstore and be like, okay, I'm going to read another epic fantasy because I c- I can guarantee I could I can guarantee you I can go out and read another fantasy series and it's not going to impact me this way I I, I put my life on the line for that um you're not going to have the same connection emotion it's just not everything is epic it could be a, a fantasy series but to have this and obviously it resonates with so many people just because Look at the impact that it has whenever Sarah releases a book or whenever she drops a snippet or we are so starving. No matter how much content is out there, we want more. And, you know, even like from character personalities, it really like actually Kaven did a TikTok live last night that I had watched. And she said, she said, you know, a lot of times authors will write these characters and then it's the fans and the readers who take it and run with it and develop the characters even more and i think that could be said i mean especially with tiktok everything out there you know with all the content creators we've kind of collectively just collectively made assumptions about certain characters and i'm referring to akatar right now because it's just like what she has been posting about lately um with oh yep that's cassian yeah that's totally something as would do and i feel like you find that now with characters where i've sent you and i go this is totally Aelin. This is such an Aelin thing to say. Or, you know, different interactions like that. And I think it's something so wonderful that we get to share as part of, like, a community, you know? You know, as long as everybody does it respectfully. Like, people need to not, like, be such pieces of shit towards each other to, if you have a different opinion, you know? <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I have a lot of feels about this. I'm going to be obsessively sending you stuff. Just, just if you haven't already, 
you can personally me personally mute my texts and just like I'm gonna see if Jessica texted me in a couple hours because she probably did. Oh no, never. And I have like six thousand TikToks to send you about King of Ash. So I mean, no, we're good. Um, speaking of TikTok, I really like as you were saying that we run with the characters. Uh, the TikToks that I find the most amusing are the ones where like which characters will get white girl wasted. And of oh, course, wait, I, I can't wait to see these. No, I haven't seen that. Uh, of course, it's Dorian and Fenris oh, yeah. <laughs> and Aelin. And, you know, they're the, they're the three that are, like, doing the TikTok dances. And, like, Rowan is, like, cheering them on. And Alita's is embarrassed. And Manon is, like, secretly into it because uh, she helped Dorian, like, practice his moves. Like, there's, there's, there's a, a lot of head, Oh, I could totally cannon. see Manon. Manon is... The way I think we were saying how Reese would be, or even like your Sam would be, you're doing it wrong. You have to, you have to put more oomph in it. No, no, no. Like this and show you and then go back to recording. (laughs) Absolutely. Definitely. No question. Uh, It's, it's really fantastic. And of course, all the like subtly, the bi panic that happens with Dorian and Manon and Fenris and Kale and, and like. All of them kind of together, and it's just, it's really. Wait, is there like, is this a discussion? Like, all four of them together? There, okay, so there's a discussion with Dorian and Kale, obviously, Dorian and Fenris. That is, I go to my grave with Dorian and Kale, that Dorian and Kale hooked up. Dorian's just like, love sex. He's a sex god. So he's just kind of like, whatever, you're my best friend. But, like, he's over it. Kale is, like, hung up on it. <laughs> kind of because it's that good. He he obviously loves Irene. Not saying that he doesn't. But I think he's, like, it's very Brokeback Mountain for him where he loves his wife, but he still loves his be- – like, he loves his best friend. Ooh, that, that, lo- that, that reminds me. That reminds me. You, te- you texted me. And when Dorian, Kale, and Irene meet, and yes, and Dorian is looking at Irene, and and he's kind of like sad. And you were like, yeah. "What is he sad about?" He's remembering Sorsha. Oh, and that Sorsha was a healer. Healer, and it's just it's it's a it. it's a full circle for him. And he's like, you know, I always wanted a sister. Like, wink. We love we love him. We yeah, love he'd him. have a threesome with them too. Yeah, no, ab- no, absolutely, he would. I mean, Irene is gorgeous. Let's just yeah. put that out there. She's stunning. Beautiful. Kale, you know, Kale is whatever, but whatever. <laughs> uh, we haven't touched on the fact that Nezrin is now going to be Empress. How fucking badass lo- is that? I love that Rowan says, he goes, oh, two queens in Sartax. Like, mm, no, Empress. Empress. Like, Empress ranks queen. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really It's really fantastic. And, uh, you know, they are, of course, going off and starting their life together on the Southern Continent. And, like, where's that novella? I would read that. I would read that. I like I like the Southern Continent. I might not have loved Tower of Dawn. Isn't gonna, I'm not going to say, like, Tower of Dawn is my favorite book out of the series. But I will say I really enjoyed the Southern Continent. It was a, a change of scenery, different people. Oh, and then you have, like, the Tori Chesme. And now Irene wants to bring the Tori Chesme, like, Tori Chesme of the North. Because, oh, you have all the Fae that went away. How do, like, and then they just showed up. That was some District 14 shit. Like, all of a sudden, they just show up. Why? Well, I, I love YA. This is so fucking good. Did you <laughs> expect that? Want... Did you expect that to happen? No. No. 
I completely forgot about them. I go, where did all these people come from? And then they came from um, the the north through portals. And then the little folk were like there. And all of a sudden there were like fey wolves. Had no idea those existed. I just, everything was everywhere. I was, I had no, I did not see that coming. It's a very end game with the portals and people coming through a moment. It's really good. It's really special. And it, it's kind of epic. So uh, something that a lot of people do when they read when they read Kingdom of Ashes, like the last, I'd, I'd have to look it up specifically, but it's like the last two hundred pages. You put on like epic battle music, you know. It's like, does Sarah have a? I I haven't looked on Spotify. Does she have a playlist for this? I know she has like the Akatar playlists that she curated to like listen to as you read, which I'll listen to them during work, and they are good. They are good, but if you're too in your emotions the way I like I, I don't want to say I like to be I just tend to be uh <laughs> then they can you're like oh if I, I know what scene this is this is rough you know I don't know actually that's a good question my Spotify is uh all 2000s emo music so yeah <laughs> I, don't, I there's not a lot there <laughs> I, don't, I don't branch out very much so uh, that would be a really good question to look into. I'm sure if she, if Sarah hasn't specifically done it, then I'm sure somebody has. So Jess, you're, you're done with the series. What are your thoughts about the series? Just like, uh, Oh, well, I did want to ask you, and this is not necessarily a thought, but there are certain books that you say, Oh, I'll, I'll never have a first read of that again. And I felt that way with Akamath. Um, if you had to pick out between Akatar series from what we know right now and Throne of Glass, if you had to pick a series that every time you finished it, you would remember it. But then when you go to do your reread again, you automatically forgot everything. Which series would that be for you? Throne of Glass, easily, hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much more to it than romance and like well, healing. That's, that's, yeah, I and 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 there's depth within each character. I like not that we haven't gotten depth with the other characters, but we really haven't. Like sometimes I feel that the depth that we've gotten with Akatar is because the readers have created that, you know. And I feel that we get like that's established more in throne of glass and you get a lot of the characters in each book. It's not just centrally located. I mean, you're always going to have your protagonist. You're always going to have your antagonist. You're always going to have your themes and your plots and all that stuff. But the, the character growth is you see it through, you see it through each book amongst multiple characters. And I feel that we don't get that in Akatar or just yet like you see it with Beira, you see it with Reese but like we're going to see it with Nesta Lucian there's no growth with Tam like I don't know I just you get more with Throne of Glass and like you said it's not just romance and that was a big thing like you know you can't this there there's romance in it but it's not the central point I've got something for that there is a difference between romance with plot and plot with romance. Okay? So so the the I guess the the split is Akatar is romance with plot. Mm-hmm. And Throne of Glass is plot with romance. 
I loved Throw My Closet. If I can, and I love Back of Math, that is like the holy grail for me. Um, but I think it's it might be Kingdom of Ash and then Akamath now, just because of the depth to what you said. It's it's more because I get I get everything, all of the things that I love in Kingdom of Ash. And there's real stakes. I that's you know, people actually die. They're dead. You know, we have yeah, there was a part where I was thinking, what if Laura keeps saying people are going to die this is war and then i was and then in my head i go well what if the people who are dying are just like the no-name characters because then technically technically she's not lying people did die it's a war. <laughs> like, not named characters and it was it's very how you would say holly black where it's very well i didn't lie people did die <laughs> you know and we lost the 13 we lost um, oh, you know, we didn't even talk about how Abraxos lost his mate. You know? I didn't, I, that happened. When did that happen? I don't remember at what point it happened Were things, I, I don't remember it. Like I know it happened, but I don't remember when was it because it was the yielding at the witch tower. Oh, when it was I was at asked, the yielding. Yeah, and okay. Everybody went. Yeah. Oh, that's right. When everybody was in the sky, I that's because it wasn't singularly called out. That's why I didn't mm-hmm. process it. Like I was already thinking of like all the crocken, everybody who would come. Um, but I was because then when they were flying, you know, when Iskra came up or whatever. And she was on Abraxos. I'm like, where's... Oh, and then and then you find out that it's Petra who comes through. I didn't think it was Petra initially. I thought it was Abraxos' uh, name. It, it, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't. But I had... That was that was why... I go, wait, where is she? She would have come. And I just didn't put that connection. Because I know they, they said, like, everybody, Ash is falling. And, you know, the, you know, the Ash's body. Yeah. Um, but, ugh. So there's real. Oh, can I, since we're talking about the fucking yielding, can I just say, this is just a general comment for villains. I get so fucking pissed, right? Like when, when Astrid's in the tower and and Manon's grandmother, her, her maternal grandmother is in the tower and she's like, no, Astrid, please do. And then. And then you have Maeve, who's like, come on, Dorian, don't leave me here. You know what Erwin's going to do to me, Maeve? I fucking hate when when you have villains who get caught from doing terrible shit, and then they go, please, don't hurt me. Uh, that wasn't your concern when you were winning. Where where was all your, oh, feel, feel bad, please, forgive me, I made a mistake. I, I hate hate that bullshit and it's i know it's standard i know it goes along with every villain it's just like with scar and lion king and he's like you wouldn't do that to me simba like i do you're better than that you know no there can't do you have to be like just just fucking kill him i i I just it's such a it's such an issue with me you're and it's just like with like people who get caught now in real life no, you're, or you see people crying. You're, you're crying because you got caught. You're not crying because you're remorseful. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Like, just just murder them so that they don't come back and bite you in the ass. Which is why I love when Lorcan's like, burn him. Yeah. Burn Like, I need to burn him. 
Or when Aelin cuts off Arabin's head just yes. to make sure he's dead. That That is something that that is actually a fantastic point. That is something that is not brought up a lot and it's not done a lot. Just murder the villains and, you know, burn them, cut their heads off, make sure they're dead. You know, it's like salt and burn, salt and burn. Yeah. Have we learned nothing? Like double tap with zombies and stuff. Like just, just do it. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, that's an excellent point. Villains, man. Love them. (laughs) Love them and hate them. Love them. Um, One, one thing Dorian. Well, Actually, the the whole scene when Dorian um, has Damaris in his hand and he, he finally has the courage to ask if he's human, uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was such a, a nice moment. But he's standing on the place where Erewhon, like you know, combusted and 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 his the like black stain or whatever like won't come off, and they're like, we're just gonna throw a really tacky rug over it. I love that. It was like, oh my god, I love her so much. Like I love her so. I you know I love when. Like they brought Ren onto the court too, and Rowan's like, "Well, at least it's not gonna be war- uh, this isn't gonna be boring." And she's like, "I'm offended. You even thought that." And and so Dorian and Kale and Aelin are obviously really good friends. There's a really fantastic fan art, and I don't know the 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 author where it's like the three of them are in like a hug. Like Aelin's in the middle, and she's got her arms around Kale and Dorian. And, you know, those are our three. That's the core three that we've been with since the beginning. Oh, you know, I loved that. That I was very emotional about that. She's like, I will always love you. And, and that's really special because like Kale, you know, she lost her virginity to Kale and she mm-hmm. she has bonded with Dorian on a different level. And she really respects Kale now. They went through that horrible you know, their horrible situation in um, Queen of Shadows, right? Queen of Shadows? Yeah, Queen of Shadows. Yeah. They, you know, they went through that horrible, that patch, but now they're really strong. And I just, I'm just thinking about how special that is and that, and that bond that they have and, you know, how sad it'll be when they all die. But you have Nezrin as the Empress, Dorian is the King, Kale's the Hand, and then Manon is in the waste. You got Ansel on the other side. You got Rolf in Skull's Bay. And, like, they're all... You have Celine over in Dora now. So now that she's the queen of the, the East. And then Maeve, like, oh, I love that. They're like, we, she goes, we want this. We want this for the kingdom. She's like, we don't have money. We just, like, look at this war. And he goes, uh, Maeve died. So technically we're back to two main queens, which you are an heir of. And I am the heir of... Dornell, Prince of Thornell. So like we rolling in it. For real. And it's just it it kind of goes back to Aelin always saying like and promising a better world and she delivers on it. Not only did she with the help of her friends, which was big for her, she didn't do it all by herself. She trusted that other people would hold up their end. You know, she she even says when she's battling uh Maeve and Erewhon, she's like, you know, I I didn't run this by them. But then Elid gets the idea about, you know, Dorian shifting and, you know, just doing all of that with Irene and then tricking Erewhon and that whole thing. But uh, so not only did Aelin grow to learn to trust all of these really important people, but these really important people are the leaders of the, the world as far as we know it. And they're all on very good terms and they're all very, very good friends. 
So, and it's very different from where we started in the book where everything was mm-hmm. very divided. And I also think it's really, she also, Aelin also says in the book, like looking at Maeve, and I guess it was during like Maeve's, Maeve's demise and during the illusion part where she was being reflective of herself that if she didn't have the friends that she had, would she have turned out like Maeve? Because she was saying like, you did it because you loved this world, but you ruled it with fear and you didn't know how to, you you did it all by yourself and trying to do things the way you thought they were, they should be done. And she was just like having these internalized thoughts. And I thought that that was just like, you, you, I don't want to say like you are the company you keep, but you do want to surround yourself with good people in your life. And I think this is a testament to that. And I also like, you know, taking it a step further with that trust where you, she finally trusts Rowan to be part of that last plan, which we now know is to open the the portals, the additional portals for like the Fae that had left, the little folk, the, well, you find all these like humans that had left, which, so it wasn't just Fae, it was everybody who had left during this battle, you know, 10 years ago that he even makes a comment. He's like, you sure you really want me to be a part of your plan now? Like it just, it's the growth that's there and the recognition. Um, I think it's, it's, it's something that's important and maybe, you know, I don't know if that was Sarah's intention to be reflective of our own choices, but it definitely stems that way in our discussions. And then Aelin sends the letter to Nehemia's parents. It's like, you know, I'd love to like meet and work with you. And they're like, yes, we would love that. So that's full circle. She would want that. Yeah. yeah. And then Aelin. Also like good for her for even though Nehemia is dead and not holding this grudge anymore. Yeah. To, like she let it go. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah. As a person that holds grudges, I. I know. That's yeah, it's really something. But I love that, uh, you know, as soon as. Aelin starts promising a better world and she says it over and over again like we're doing this for a better world a better world and she fucking delivered you know the evil the big bad is gone the other you know the gods are gone so they won't have any influence on anybody Maeve is gone and all of the leaders are friends and everybody can like work together and and then of course it ends with the the flower all over everything and of course which hasn't happened right and when it did there was only one mm -hmm. and now it's just as far as alien can see you know and she's weeping and you know uh rowan's like it's all for you and it, it was just really really lovely um damn her epilogues hit hard i'm like i'm holding it in i'm holding it in now but it's over. It's over. It's done. So, Jess, if you had to pick a moment, just a moment, and any any moment in any book that spoke to you, we say that this book is all about the little things and the little details. But like, what is what is something that you feel like you will never forget? Do you mean like a scene specifically, or like? from this series or this book a scene a quote anything through the whole series just like if you like when you're thinking of throne of glass the whole series like what is that thing that you will always think of i think i mean uh, we know that sarah loves a mantra so it's like i am your name and i will not be afraid and then i'm gonna cry again i thought i like had nothing 
left in my body. Um, you have no salt uh, left. You need to. <laughs> you have no. Like, you need electrolytes. Uh, yeah, I got Gatorade. So thanks, Sam. I always, I always put Gatorade on my list now. Um, when she says you could rattle the stars, you could do anything if only you dared, and deep down you know it too. And I think that one, like that, carries throughout, like from book one all the way to the last book. It's pivotal in reminding herself what she can do, who she can be, and the only person who's stopping her is herself. It's a beautiful thing. That's like my fan. I know it's from like the beginning of the but like it's just the continuity throughout the whole series is there. And it applies to everything in the choices that she makes. Mm-hmm. Oh, let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> Let it out. Here, I'll distract you. Favorite, <laughs> favorite, favorite character. I have Aelin. Yeah. Aelin. Aelin. And then Lysandra is my second. Yeah. Fair choice. Lysandra. What about, like, wait, like in regards to the women? I know yours is Manon. Yes. Mine is Manon. And then Aelin. And Aelin. Yeah. Th- those two. Uh, there, I, I read something the other day that said, I love how everyone is absolutely terrified of the friendship between Aelin and Manon. Like I live for it. Yeah, it's great. It's actually very you and I. It's great. It's very odd. Like everyone is just terrified of it. Good. Be terrified. Fuck you up. It's fantastic. Oh, it's so uh, good. Favorite male? Dorian. Yours is Dorian. Dorian. No question. What about you? Rowan? Yeah, it's gonna... I, I think Ro- Rowan, probably. Dorian second. Or... Yeah, Dorian's definitely second. But I don't know if that's just because the things I want Dorian to do to me. Well, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I, I really love Fenris. Like, Fenris I love would Fenris. Be, yeah, I, Fenris, Fenris would be higher, but Dorian is kinky, and we love that. So, I mean, sold. Ab- absolutely sold. And, you know, Fenris has been around for a while since Era Fire. And it took us to the Kingdom of Ash to get, like, a full grasp of who he is. Moonbeam. How sweet. It's how... so cute. I love how Aelin's like, it is not. Yeah, she's like, he's like, I swear. <laughs> I swear on our oath. She's like, shut up. Oh, and I love that that interaction when she shows up to Annie L. Let's get the formalities out of the way. And then she goes, what? So good. Uh, I'm thinking... When I think of Throne of Glass, I also think of a mantra, but mine is the, um, I'm not afraid because so many people use it. You know, it starts with Sam and then like Selena uses it. And then of course, Aelin uses it and it's just, it's repeated and repeated and it's only said when you are terrified. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just one of those things that it's like, okay, I've been doing this since, since my like teenage boyfriend who was horrifically tortured uh told me about it and then let's not forget that she was not telling him sam her secret of as selena she was not telling him that he was aelin and then she just kind of said well i'm scared to mask what she was really thinking about he goes well whenever i'm scared i just say like this mantra you know and she just felt like a coward you know with what they were about to the decisions and actions that they were about to do and so he just says it like he just says it like this is what i say to myself 
take it or leave it. Like you are who you are. And then like you said, like she, that, that core moment of not accepting who she was as Aelin. Cause then she talks about it a lot in this book, even with the self-sacrificing, like she felt like she owed it to her people to push Dorian away and stay and lock the word, the, the, the key, the, to, because she had been away from Terrison for so long. And I, and I hate that she thinks that it was a choice because she was also, she first, like she was rescued, you know, by Arobin he knew who she was she knew who she was but like under what was she going to do running ruling a kingdom at eight and she also died let's let's not forget yeah that. She, yeah she died through from hypothermia and like elena brought her back twice yeah such such a journey could you starting throne of glass could you see how it would end this way i knew it, i knew it was going to end this way it was more of the journey I think like you and I think I had said that on a previous, you know, I had speculations like we knew this was going to happen. You know, this is going to happen. You you don't write this epic fantasy and not have and just like have it go to shit. Uh, although although there are other fantasy uh, series that have gone to shit. Well, are you talking about Game of Thrones? Uh, no, because the- technically that's not. The, ended yet. Yeah, the books are still at book five. So there is hope there. Um, but no, there are other YA fantasy dystopian um, books that have gone down the shitter. So it is possible to write a really terrible like ending. E- ending. Yeah. I believe that. I believe but that. it is not the case here. No. No, no. We we love Kingdom of Ash. It's good. I think it helps. You know, I know. A lot of people have read her stuff chronologically based on release, have fought, been following her since the beginning, uh, Sarah J. Mass. So there was a familiarity with the style of doing Throne of Glass first and doing Akatar and then doing Crescent City. I really appreciated reading Akatar first, going through that, picking up Crescent City, being kind of futuristic, you know, or maybe not even futuristic. It really is just a different world now that we know this. Um, and then going back to throne of glass um already having the the foundation of akatar um i i did appreciate that and then of course the fan art makes complete sense because you're not sitting there like well where's this beautiful city wrapped around a river with tall yeah. buildings like what is that what is this and it, it'll be interesting to see where other connections are moving forward because, you know, now that we have Throne of Glass completely wrapped up, we also have confirmation from Sarah that the one of the worlds is Crescent City before Crescent City was even released. Oh, yeah. And now we have we have the confirmation this year from her that was just speculation before um, with Crescent City 2 coming out. But we already know from Crescent City 1, you have the the, the Book of Breathings. So there's the tie, the Akatar tie-in. So it'll I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with silver flames like what kind of easter eggs we might have there which we will already know so we'll already yeah, know we'll already know by the time this episode comes out we will already have answered these questions so very exciting it's a lot it's a lot anything anything left oh i know you have no tears left although you keep surprising me I am, yo, I'm I'm surprising myself. I before this Zoom even started, or before our episode even started, I just started crying, and you're like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I just want to like rock back and forth 
and be held. Like, that is... You'll sit with this for the rest of the day, and I'm sure it'll, like... The TikToks oh. really set you off. Um, they're really... They're you, yeah, you have to still send me... Yeah. You have to send me... This is all I'm going to be doing today is TikToking and fan arting. And that that's that's going to be my day. And it's snowing yet again. So I'm just going to lay... Like, I'm not even going to go on the couch. I'm just going to lay in my bed and just, like, cry. And maybe sleep. Because I'm emotionally... Emotionally, I'm so exhausted that I'm physically exhausted. That's what uh, editor Sam said earlier. He's like, gosh, she's going to sleep so good. <laughs> so we can only hope because God knows you don't sleep enough. I, I do not. I do not. Like, what is sleep? Sleep will come later. But I, I was going to put on a face mask for this episode to, like, decompress my eyes. <laughs> No, we love the raw emotion here. That's why we tune in. Please, please make fun of me. Laugh at me together as I laugh at myself. <laughs> so Jess, what is coming up next week? Next week is our Queen of Nothing slash How the King of Elfheim Learned to Hate Stories episode. Which is really fantastic because Queen of Nothing is a reread for both of us. And then yeah. How the King of Elfheim Learned to Hate Stories is going to be a reread for me it'll be fresh for you it is mm -hmm. something that we're familiar with and it's not heavy like this is and it will be really fun well it's good that they're both like quick reads that you can do like in a day and a half because i will obviously reread queen of nothing i'll probably just listen to the audio during work um hopefully depending on how crazy it gets um but how the king of elfheim learned to hate um, they're quick reads and I usually I, I feel like I'm going to be in such a book hangover now like I don't I, I have the throne of glass coloring book so as I was listening to throne of glass I shifted after tower of dawn I started coloring in the coloring book um, so I would be coloring in that and then I'd be listening but now I don't even want to color in that because I just I need a reprieve. I need an emotional reprieve, but then I also am being kind of a masochist and going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm a danger to myself. Nah, this what is... did you say yesterday? I was like doing like, I go, I, I did a thing and you go, well, what did you do? And I, I found an autographed copy of kingdom of ash before I had even finished it, finished it. And you were like, well, to be fair, you weren't supervised. And that's what I feel like. It's, it's like I did. Uh, I, I said I did something bad. But it's not bad. It's, it's it's not bad. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I have I have this. I have to think of like how I would rank all my Sarah books. It'd be a good Instagram post. You have yours. Just that I wrote out a while ago. I should probably reevaluate it. But yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. <laughs> I, I I can't even be like funny about it. I just I'm just gonna laugh at myself and cry at myself. Oh, it's it's a day. So make sure to join us next week with Holly Black's The Queen of Nothing and How the King of Elfheim Learned to Hate Stories. It will be enjoyable and fun, and we love Elfheim. And going back there will be a nice break from yeah. the book hangover that Jess is sure to have. Oh my god, I'm not going to eat for like two weeks again. This is going to suck. Oh, no, guys. 
Um, and feel free to follow us on Instagram, Acafe Podcast, A-C-O-F-A-E Podcast. Also feel free to follow us on TikTok, Acafe Jessica, just because I've been kind of holding holding down that account. We have, we'll upload snippets from the podcast episodes. You'll see reaction videos to make fun of me. It's all good. Um, so feel free to interact with us. We love everybody and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. You're going to sleep so well.